Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. The Bob Cordaro Show Podcast. Great. Good morning, everyone. 11 a.m. in Northeast Pennsylvania. Thursday, May 11, 2023, this is the Bob Cadaro Show, and I am he. It is a big day to fight for America, defend our values, and honor the brave who have made us and kept us free. People like Staff Sergeant in the U.S. Army Air Corps, Daniel Chermak of Scranton, World War II veteran. So with history, our great founding fathers, and the incomparable Constitution of the United States of America as our guides, let us continue today's battle. A reminder, this Bob Cadaro show, it will always be convincingly conservative, lovingly logical, proudly and passionately patriotic, and reliably right. And yes, the double entendre is is intended. And we reconvene the Club for Common Sense and our... Honoree today, our veteran honoree is Staff Sergeant Daniel E. Chermack. That amazing 700 block of Hawthorne Street trip section of trip park section of West Scranton. He was in the U.S. Army Air Corps on his 27th bombing mission. They were shot down, and and I might add, they're playing the DD had been so shot up on the 26th mission that they were on a separate plane. He was listed as missing in action. And we have the letter from Daniel Lenahan, Catholic chaplain of the 390th Bomb Group. It's written May 2nd, 1944. Dear Mrs. Chermack, since you've already been notified by the War Department that your son... Staff Sergeant Daniel E. Chermack is missing in action. The commanding general of the 8th Air Force has requested me to write you. The commanding officer of the 390th Bombardment Group and all your son's friends and acquaintances among the officers and enlisted men, and also myself, wish to offer our sympathy at this time of trial for you. Remembering the Chermacks were still waiting. They'd already been told he was missing in action. The chaplain continues, the Catholic officers and enlisted men of this base have the opportunity to receive general absolution and viaticum before each combat mission they go on so that they are prepared spiritually for any eventuality. Your son was very faithful to his religious duties while he was here at the post. He was a member of the Holy Name Society. The morning that his plane did not come back, he was in to see me 
and received general absolution and viaticum. You can rest assured that your son will be in God's hands wherever he is. Each Monday, I offer Mass for all the men who were killed or missing from this base, that God will look after them no matter where they are. He certainly looked after Jan Chermak. You yourself must have recourse to prayer at this time of trial. It is the only way you can really help your son. <laughs> this is a mother receiving this letter about her son. The Adjutant General in Washington will advise you of any change in status as soon as such information can be released. We here at this post do not know any more than you do about your son. In fact, you will find out sooner than we will about any change in your son's status from Washington. May God bless and keep you in this time of trial. Well, yes, Dan Chermack lived. He was a POW for exactly one year and two weeks. He was at the famed and infamous Stalag 17, where he ran into another Scrantonian, Elmer Hawk, one of the founders of Hawk, of uh, Gertrude Hawk Candies. He came back, and you, you heard his son Dan in the last hour talking about the businesses he was involved in and all that on a, well, he wasn't even a high school graduate. These remarkable people, Dan, Daniel Chermack, our honoree today. Well, I told you we're going to talk, and we have on many occasions in the past, with our friend Brian Kelly. And he was involved, this former United States attorney, in the Varsity Blues case. And that was essentially a situation where one... Uh, I don't know, he was a recruiter. He convinced all these people to do all these things to get their sons and daughters into various schools. And I don't know how, why, when, or whatever the feds decided they were going to prosecute people for uh, whatever. And one of the cases Brian Kelly represented uh, turned out and was uh, overturned on appeal. Brian Kelly, welcome. Brian, are you there? Yes, sir, I'm here. All right. Tell us why the appeals court threw out this verdict against your client. Uh, mainly because of my excellent lawyering, Bob. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, well, um, you couldn't get me out of jail, so don't start that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had to get some practice in first. And I, and I own my skills, and I'm ready. Um, so... My client was one of about 50 parents who were indicted uh, uh, in this so-called Varsity Blues investigation up here in Boston. Uh, many of the parents were wealthy or celebrities, and they got caught up in uh, essentially what became a sting operation where the government had a cooperating witness who, who made a lot of tapes. And, you know, look, so all the fact patterns were different. Like some of the parents were caught dead to right uh, bribing a coach, right? They paid a coach. So those, those cases were pretty clear. Uh, there were some parents who paid someone who took the SATs for the kid. So those cases were pretty clear. But my guy, uh, they were way too aggressive with their theory on. And he, you know, he had come to this country at 15 from Egypt. He worked, you know, 15 hours a day in New York City as cleaning dishes. He goes to Vegas. He gets connected uh, with the casino industry and works his way all the way up to become a big executive in the um, uh, the wind company. 
And so he eventually was running a, you know, a big operation in Macau and just a great um, success story in America. And his oldest son got into Columbia and had used this, this guy, this guy named Singer, um, as a consultant. And, and you know, uh, uh, my guy paid Singer like 3000 bucks. Then after, he, after the kid was in Columbia, Columbia came to him and said, hey, can you make a big donation? And he did because he had been fortunate enough to make a lot of money over the years. So then when his daughter goes to apply to USC, this same guy, Singer, says you should give the money in advance, and uh, that will help her get in. And, you know, that made sense to my client, and so that's what he did. And so he never thought he was bribing anyone or defrauding anyone. Um, she was listed as having played basketball because, you know, she could be a manager or a practice player. He didn't, he didn't understand the whole Division One athletic programs, but he never intended to fool anyone, and they charged him with these felonies. And so – it's been a four-year saga, including a month-long trial. We were one of the only two people who went to trial because we didn't think the government's theories about honest services fraud and property fraud, they, they, they were claiming that an admission spot at a school was property. And we were saying, no, property is your car, your house, your money. It's not an admission slot. So anyway, and uh, the government charges us. Um, and we reversed the conviction on appeal yesterday. It was, it's a big, big win. And, give me, um, give me a, a quick, give me a quick summary of the reversal because making donations to a school to help your kid get in doesn't sound illegal to me. <laughs> well, right, but the part of the proof at trial was the government used like ten different parents to say to get on the witness stand and say, "Yeah, what I did was wrong. I knew I was bribing this person. I knew I was doing this. I knew I was doing that." And all the while, none of them knew my client had never dealt with my client, and we said, listen, if they conspired with this guy Singer, that's, that's too bad for them, but it's got nothing to do with us. So this overarching conspiracy, which the government charged. Oh, they do that named, all the time. Yeah, it's for convenience, because they wanted to do the trial in Boston. They wanted to get all the evidence in in Boston, and it, it, they shot themselves in the foot, because uh, there was no conspiracy in Boston involving my guy. He's a Vegas guy, and he, he didn't know any of these parents. So anyway, that's kind of a long-winded summary of it. But, but that's a uh, big win. Major, yeah, major. Because everybody else pled out and went, even did some prison time. Absolutely. And see, that's, that's the thing. There's so much pressure to plead out. Not many people are willing to endure a federal trial. And, uh, you know, so that's the problem. There's a lot of the prosecution. There's a lot of leverage, um, as you know, uh, in terms of, what they can offer for plea deals, and a lot of people don't want to spend the money, but most of these parents, you know, they, money wasn't the issue. These were some very wealthy people. They had the resources to fight, but for whatever reasons, uh, whether it was their own decision or they would take the advice of their counsel, they chose not to go to trial, and then that, therefore, you can't challenge these things yeah. on appeal. So if you think the government's theory is bogus, the only way to challenge it is either to beat them at a trial or upon conviction challenge it, the appeals court, um, which has routinely, you know, modified these honest services, the theories that the government tries to use to, to expand these corruption probes. All right, Brian, we're going to take a break and we're going to come back and we're going to talk about this Trump civil case 
in federal court in New York. Uh, we'll take a break. Brian Kelly is with us, former U.S. attorney. Uh, big winner yesterday on a Varsity Blues appeal. Uh, but we will come back to talk about the Trump civil case that just concluded with a verdict against the president after this. This date, 1968, the Four Tops climbing up the charts with their hit single, If I Were a Carpenter. And 2018, Trump unveils his long-promised plan to bring down drug prices. So, I, I, And that's why when I hear Biden talking about him doing that and I see a commercial, I realize he's lying. <laughs> he actually took actions that increased the cost of insulin, Joe Biden did. And then... I, I, then they did something to force them not to pay. And we're going to see how that goes. Because when you press drug prices down, you usually get less innovation and less production. It's just, that's the law. <laughs> that's the laws of economics. We're talking with attorney Brian Kelly, former U.S. attorney. And, uh, Brian, you, you followed a little bit this Trump civil case he was found, and it's not guilty, he was found liable of a sexual assault and battery and defamation with 2 and $3 million price tags respectfully, uh, respectively. And uh, having analyzed it, is there any grounds for appeal? I, I believe so, Bob. I think the two. Uh, I haven't followed it real, real closely, but from what I have gleaned by looking at it, I think there are two issues he can raise on appeal. First is, is I understand that he never got a specific date or even a year when this alleged assault occurred. Yes. So that's so that's something that I think he could challenge um, on appeal. Is not giving him fair notice uh, as to what what to defend against and when, and um, it undermines in some ways, the credibility of the accusation. However, I think the bigger, <clears throat> the bigger issue on appeal is that the court allowed the jury to hear that uh, Planet Hollywood tape uh, where uh, Trump said some vulgar things about women and put him in a really bad light, almost suggesting in that tape that he had assaulted different women. Okay, Now, that's explosive evidence to put in front of a jury. It's what's called bad act evidence. If it was a criminal trial, there's a rule in federal court called 404B, uh, which usually prohibits other evidence of other bad acts, because then the jury's going to think, well, if he did it once before, he did it here. And that's the danger of letting a jury hear this test this evidence that had nothing to do with the accusation in the case. So I think that's his best appellate issue. Um, he should say... How about the corro- how, uh, Brian Kelly, how about the corroborating witnesses on the groping issue, tell us about, I mean, is that permissible uh, in a civil setting? I, I think so, and that comes down to, like, credibility issues, and, you know, that's determined by the jury at a trial. So he may not like the credibility decisions the jury made. He needs on appeal to reverse it on a legal issue, and the best legal issue I think he has is that he was unduly prejudiced by having the jury hear this other act Planet Hollywood stuff that has Access nothing to Hollywood. do with this. Access Hollywood. Planet I'm, I'm sorry. That's, that's, the, old, that's, yeah, that's the old crappy restaurant chain. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry. Um, sorry about that. Yeah, now, that's right. Now, and the interesting thing from the uh, plaintiff perspective 
is most people would have been aware of the Access Hollywood tape anyway, but they had to accent it, and that could be uh, a method to overturn the verdict. That's, that's absolutely right. Again, overly aggressive because they wanted to win this particular case, so they used anything they had. And you're right, probably a lot of the jurors had already heard of it, yet by using it in this case, that shows you they didn't think they had enough evidence to win and to establish liability without it. So they used it, and it's a risky legal move. And I think um, you know, if he's looking for a victorious appellate lawyer, he, he needs to look no further than the right here, Bob. I can help him on that. <laughs> now, uh, he, he, did, he did not testify. He didn't present yep. any witnesses because their argument was, and Takapino's, Takapino's strategy was, how can we defend something that we haven't been told when it happened? Right, but you know they'll they'll counter by saying, "Well, you you had the uh, description and testimony of what happened. The actual date. I mean, it's not uncommon to say on or about you know May third, uh, this happened. Uh, here, though, it's a little extraordinary to say on or about. We don't know when, uh, what year, what month this happened. And you know that is a basis to challenge it. Again, that would be a legal defect, not a fact fact challenge, because the fact challenges always lose. Now this is always a this case got life, even though it was in the 90s, some 25 years ago, when Trump, in his usual stupid fashion, made commentary on an article that the woman wrote. Among the things he said was that she wasn't his type and, you know, uh, just he defamed her, essentially, which gave her the ability to go to court on the original accusation. Right, because otherwise it would have been well out of the statute of limitations uh, on a civil matter. But foolishly, like you said, he gave them the rope to hang him with. And, you know, much like the plaintiff in the case may have overstepped by using the Access Hollywood tip, he's the one who overstepped by even referring to her in the first place. It's, it's as you say, foolish. Cosby did the same thing. Now, now the... The interesting thing, and I think the thing that killed him, because they played portions of his deposition at trial, he said that the woman wasn't his type. He reiterated that in his deposition. They showed him a picture of her, meaning the plaintiff, and it was and and he confused it with his wife, Marla Maples, who was obviously his type. <laughs> I think that was the I think that was the nail in the coffin. <laughs> well, I don't know. They got divorced, but maybe they weren't the right type. Bob, and maybe you know that's what he's how, talking about. Brian, how could uh, uh, you know uh, in high end litigation like this? And Takapina is obviously very skilled. How do you deal with a client like Donald Trump, who's just raging all over the place, stepping on and crapping on your defense? Well, first you get a big retainer, Bob. That's number one. <laughs> number two, uh, you have to warn them that, listen, I'm not doing this uh, for my own. I'm doing it to help you. If you want to win, here's what we need to do. If you want to lose, keep doing what you're doing. And you know, ultimately it is the client's choice as to what path he wants to proceed on. And you have to counsel him, say, listen, the here is victory. This is the steps we take to win or to at least mitigate the damages if there are any, and so you need to let me do X, Y, and Z. But sometimes clients are headstrong and they want to do it their own. Mm -hmm. certainly seem to be the case with uh, 
former President Trump. All right. Well, uh, Brian Kelly is our guest. He's talking about myriad legal issues, including his appellate victory on the Varsity Blues case, uh, the Trump civil uh, verdict, which came out this week. And we're going to take a break. I'll come back with the weather and then more of Brian Kelly, because I want to query you as a former prosecutor about these Biden records, which came out in the James Comer press and and House Republican press conference yesterday. Uh, they're being ignored by the usual left stream media people, but it seems like there's a lot of smoke there. We'll take this break and come back with attorney Brian Kelly. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Here's the Storm Tracker 16 forecast from our friend meteorologist Joe Snedeker. Today, sunny, low humidity, high of 76. You remember that Joe said that it, there would be sun and I was querying what the difference between sun and sunny was. Well, maybe we'll find out today. Tonight, it's clear low of 52. Tomorrow, uh, Friday, sun with increasing clouds, high of 78. We're hearing 80s even. Saturday, there could be some showers early morning, then dry and partly sunny, high of 75. Sunday, sunny and dry, high of 72. Monday, maybe showers early, then clouds and sun. It'll be in the high 60s, maybe 68 on Monday and 60s through the week. We're talking with attorney Brian Kelly and uh, a number of people. Brian, I'm going to take a stab at this quickly first. They asked about a change of venue argument because of the bias against Trump. Uh, you got to remember that this is a civil case, number one. But number two, uh, in in this setting, you're talking about uh, this was the site of the alleged assault was in Manhattan. The Southern District of New York, which is the federal venue where it was conducted, has part of the suburbs uh, within it. So there were other types of people other than Manhattanites there, and obviously have a chance to voir dire to question the jury uh, at the time. So I don't think, Brian, in this type of setting, they would have had a chance to uh, change the venue. 
Well, I think they could have raised it and said, in general, look, this is a state that voted X percent or Y percent against me, and, and given the fact that there could be a lot of New York City residents. But you're right. If the voir dire process where you question the jurors and you try to root out their prejudices, et cetera, that oftentimes will be cited as the reason you don't have to change venue. And you're also right. It also includes people from Long Island and, you know, the whole state. So, you know, I think a district court judge, if he wanted to hear the case, He'd had a, he, he or she would have a lot, ample opportunity to deny it, and then you're kind of stuck. It's not yeah. going to really be reversed on appeal, that issue. But, you, you know, it is, it is a problem for him. Yeah, particularly in a civil setting. Uh, but, yeah. and, and it's not like Trump is not known everywhere. All right, so switching gears. Yesterday, James Comer and the House Republicans uh, came out and presented, and you did a lot of this work as a prosecutor, they presented this flow of money into Biden family hands and from from nefarious sources and foreign sources, which he was working with simultaneously as vice president. And the, 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 the cluster of um, LLCs, limited liability companies, that the money ran through and eventually got to people like grandchildren. I, I've I've heard prosecutors say this looks like a classic money laundering scheme. Well, look, I, you know, I think they have to uh, present it to a grand jury if they want to get an actual indictment. Uh, I don't, you know, Congress's powers to investigate are, you know, one thing, but they don't have the, the power to go to the grand jury and seek federal indictments. And if they want to appoint yet another special prosecutor because they don't think the Department of Justice will will either handle it or maybe there's the perception that they won't handle it. And it's better to have an independent person appointed. Um, I don't know. But, but that also has to certainly be, that also, allegation. But that also has to emanate from the uh, Department of Justice as itself, right, as special counsel. Um, you know, I don't know if, if, if the, the uh, legislative branch can appoint one or not. You'd, you'd have to put the pressure on the attorney general to appoint one if they're not going to look at it, or if they think it's from a parent's perspective, they don't want uh, the president's attorney general being the one making the decision. You know, now, it's not, now, now yeah. likewise, the existing uh, special counsel, which is reviewing the Biden document issue, the classified document <laughs> issue, could have his uh, job expanded to include this as an investigation, correct? Yeah, you now you'd have to go back and see what was the exact um, authorization for that special counsel. It may be so broad to include other things, because they often may say, we want you to in, in investigate X in anything which flows from X. So that's that's been some of the criticism of these special prosecutors. They get yeah. asked to do one thing, and the next thing you know, they're there for three years looking at all these other different things. But, um, you know, certainly if Congress has taken the time to put all this evidence and records uh, out into the public sphere, somebody should take a look at it. I mean, politically to me, this kind of money coming from these foreign sources and being distributed to people with no business even attempted to be formed. I mean, it, it doesn't look like anything other than bribes. They didn't do any business of any type. They didn't have companies of any type. They were, these companies were formed to funnel money through. 
I mean, I think that's going to get politically is going to be very damning, at least. Well, it depends if there were any actions taken afterwards. If there was some payments made, you know, what what happened after that? You've got to have a quid pro, pro quo. Yeah. And right. that's a leap. That's a leap because you can't tell necessarily without documentation uh, whether Biden shaded or feathered what he was doing to accommodate these investors and these people making the payments. Or it could be, and that's why sometimes these um, foreign uh, uh, contributions to political campaigns aren't allowed, is you, know, you don't want them just trying to curry favor. So down the road, when I need a favor, you, yeah. you'll, you'll owe me. Right? Yeah. Now, um, in, in regard to that, could the, could the U.S. attorney in Delaware who is investigating Hunter Biden, could they broaden the scope of their investigation to include all of this? If there's, look, the federal grand jury has broad powers to investigate any federal crimes if there's a connection to the district. So that you know that's the venue issue. You, you know, you can't be investigated in Oklahoma if you've never stepped. But they all live in Delaware. They all live in Delaware. So right. So I what I, I think is the answer would be yes. They it could be expanded. There's no uh, you know subject matter limitation on a, a federal grand jury in Delaware versus Boston versus D.C. And oftentimes, you know, U.S. Attorney's Office uh, kind of arm wrestles to see who's going to get the case. The Southern District of New York is famous for stealing these cases away from other offices because they think they're the ones who should be in charge of a lot of these prosecutions. And so within the Department of Justice itself, oftentimes there's competition as to who's going to do the case um, because there's overlapping venue in different different uh, districts oftentimes, and that's what would be the case here. I'm sure there's multiple places where it could be investigated out. All right. Well, Brian Kelly, thank you very much. I appreciate you coming on to, to clarify some of these issues and expand on them, and congratulations on your victory in the uh, Varsity Blues appeal. Thank you very much, Bob. Nice speaking to you. All right. Brian Kelly, former U.S. attorney and uh, one of our legal experts for the program. We'll take this break. We'll be back on The Bob Cadaro Show. We've got Rob Nyhart on the phone. We had him in person. And he's got to fit something in 45 seconds because we I can we do it. The Bloomberg, but he's a pro. Tell us, tell I us can, about this event. I can do it. All right, man. I just want to remind. I just want to remind people that this Saturday, noon five, it's Shrine on the Vine out at the Island Pavilion in Dallas. Uh, if you like wine, there's going to be a lot of wineries, food, specialty vendors. Tickets twenty five dollars at the door. It all goes to the Iron Shrine. So see you Saturday if you like wine, Bob. And a great cause. Shrine on the Vine for the Iron Temple. We need that venue back. Thank you, we Rob Nyhart. I appreciate it. Call Talk tomorrow you if you want. <laughs> We're back. And that's Three Dog Night. This date, 1970, they released that amazing song, Mama Told Me Not to Come. And uh, we're going to finish up with George Harrison from 1981 this date, all those years ago. And a, a reminiscence of our honoree Daniel Chermak from his son Scott, a story. Uh, looking forward to it. Let's go quickly to Andrew, who's been beyond patient. Andrew, we got a, a minute or so, and I appreciate your patience on the, the Trump town hall meeting. But first, the Gilbert Gottfried joke. Everyone's talking about Hogan heroes and 
Gilbert Godfrey had said, um, it's a joke, but it's actually true. Someone literally walked into the producer's office and said, I have an idea for a new comedy. It's about American prisoners of war in World War II in a Nazi prison camp. And it's a comedy. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's actually true. But, um, yeah, the town hall, you're right. The Dems, they don't get it. They're, they're the ones. She was asking about January 6th, election fraud. But the people care about the economy, gas prices, energy, secured border. And she did lie about the uh, January 6th, the Twitter video. He did put out two hours after, and they took it down. That's before Elon Musk. And I call her a 52-mile liar because she kept saying the border wall was only 52. But there were oh, decrepit God. parts of fencing that were replaced. Yeah. And also the Georgia, I call her a dreadlock liar because she said, no, no election fraud in Georgia. But the Georgia, they said there was a water main break, which there wasn't. Then the surveillance camera showed the lady with the gold dreadlock. Well, you know, and again, and it's 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 a pulled out that cart. in addition to his success as president. It's the other reason that people love Trump. He went into this supposed lion's den and yeah. he and he tamed them as he always does. Thank you, Andrew. I appreciate it. Well, as we close out. We're honoring today Staff Sergeant Daniel Chermak, U.S. Army Air Corps, World War II, shot down, prisoner of war. His son Scott's with us. Scott, tell us, you had a story you wanted to relate. Uh, let us know what that is. Well, I'm a little younger than Danny, almost seven years, I think, so I was around him a lot more, so I got a few more stories out of him than, than unfortunately, he did. Yeah. Uh he, uh, the one, there's two or three that probably can't even tell, tell you two of them on the air, but they were, I think in that 26 mission, they were knocked out of formation. They were hit and they dropped down and, um, the captain kept calling the navigator and he wouldn't answer. And, uh, he called my father cause he was a gunner that was near him. He told him to go back and check on him. Well, this uh, young guy that was there was always a little bit different, my father said, and <laughs> they all got packages, and they would they would share everything that, you know, anybody sent. He always took his and kind of went away. Um, he kept calling them, and, you know, they knew they were going to be shot at any point because they knew they were, they were over enemy territory. They were all alone, and they were, you know, flying. They basically were saying goodbyes to each other. Yeah. And uh, he went back, and the... Uh, the navigator just, you know, had a breakdown, and then uh, huh. the the pilot told him, told my father to. Uh, he said that's insubordination. He said, uh, he said take him out, and, and my father pulled his pistol out, and he couldn't do it. He let him go. So they wow. did. They came into. They found a landmark you know, Scott, somehow. Scott, that gives you the, the idea of how life and death these people experienced like they were on the edge of life and death every moment yeah they all he called everybody the cockpit they all said their goodbyes to each other they shook hands and he said you know in any minute prepared they're gonna you know they're gonna shoot us down we're we know we're flying and they came over some cliffs i'm not sure and believe it or not they found enough land navigation that they got back into their territory and they were able to land that was when they switched planes for the the last two missions amazing but they did he yeah i know daddy touched on the uh hogan's heroes they had a schultz but un unfortunately the schultz they had he said every day he came in in the morning he would pick one guy and he would beat him right into the ground 
Uh. And, and, and that's when, you know, that, that was every day, but, uh, he got his in the end. They didn't even have a chance to find out that they were being, uh, that the war was over. The Germans never got out. Everybody found out at the same time huh. and they started taking off. Well, some of our guys got the, uh, got Schultz. He never, he never made it out of the, uh, Starlock 17. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am so uh, happy you called Scott. I appreciate it. Uh, I wish we had an hour to, to go uh, through this. It's, he, it's an amazing yeah, story. Yeah. He's uh, one more quick one. He used the day they were all, they couldn't go anywhere. They were still locked in there, but they were free. You know, they were moving around, but they were told not to go that, you know, it was going to be days before they could get people in to get them out. Yeah. Two of his buddies, they hadn't eaten now in a year. Basically they had grass soup every day. The, uh, two of the buddies took the, 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 uh, bikes. They, there were bikes there that the security guards rode around on. They wanted to go see if they could find some eggs. There were three bikes. And the two guys got on the bike, and they asked my father to go, and he was like, ah, I don't know. They were like, come on, we're going to go get some food. And uh, he said, nah, I'm just going to stay. They believe they got a half a mile down the road, and uh, there was a German sniper in the tree and shot them both. Oh, my gosh. So, so he, he, he almost died about three times, but he made it. <sighs> and uh, he, he, he lived serious. a, Man, deadly he lived, serious he lived a good life. Yeah. So, thanks for thanks for talking about him. Uh, Not many. Everybody knew him, but nobody knew what it went through. Nobody. I knew him. I didn't know this. This yeah. is this yeah. is. Uh, my eyes are opened. It's fantastic. <laughs> thank you, Scott. And I and right. thank you, obviously, thanks, to your brother Dan. Thanks for doing what you do for the military. Thank you, and thank you to Jim Volvano right. as well. You yeah. take care, Scott. Thank to Jim Volvano for. Uh, alerting me to the exploits of Daniel E. Chermack, our honoree. From Scranton, the great 1700 block of Hawthorne Street, U.S. Army Air Corps. Missing in action. POW came back and led a great, exemplary life. Guys, God willing, we'll see you tomorrow. Have a good one. Enjoy the weather. And we will be here tomorrow if we're allowed. WYLK News Radio. This is the Bob Cordaro Show Podcast. T Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus ATT and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.